Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger FM, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, the host of this show. Today, I've got Brooks Childress with me as we have a shortened edition of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Remember, the Atlanta Falcons have their second preseason game this afternoon. We will be getting off there around 4.15 or 4.20 to accommodate that as their pregame coverage will begin around 4.30, again, with their second preseason game of the year. So a only about a half of a show today for us. But in this hour 15, we will still do plenty. We'll tell you a couple of Auburn football recruiting updates as a big-time target is set to commit tomorrow. So we'll let you know about that. Also, another big-time target, literally and figuratively big, uh, has set a commitment date for the first week of September. So we'll tell you a little bit about those two uh, those two Auburn targets in the recruiting world of football. Uh, we'll have a preview of Georgia football today. Only two more teams to preview out of the 14 SEC schools that we've been previewing. Uh, Georgia today, Auburn on Monday. And so we're coming to a close with that. So we'll preview Georgia football as well as reveal Sports Call's Player of the Week. And we look forward to the weekend with a want to watch for over the weekend. As always, we'll take your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Birthdays in sports and nightly TV guide also on the docket for today. So a busy show with not as much time as normal. So let's get right to it brooks hope you're having a great day sir uh, i know that we uh, went to an auburn soccer match last night uh, we had had coach karen hoppa on earlier in the week and i guess that worked on us as we ended up showing to the showing up to the auburn soccer complex hope you're well hope we uh, i know we had a fun time there and uh, uh ready for another hour and a half of radio with you sir yeah looking forward to it yeah we and you got to check out auburn soccer's opener last night against samford in-state rivals um great defensive showing uh not a not any goals to speak of on either side and so i guess on the defensive side of things good that samford didn't score although they had a a really close chance um i think I think there's one of the best chances of the night is what uh, went to Samford, but you know they're they're working and uh, Coach Hoppe talked about the offensive struggling last year, and so they're trying to build back up this year. Um, and you saw it uh, last night, but good defensive game for them. Uh, kept Sanford off the board. Nil-nil draw, got uh, got a draw out of it, and then they're getting set now for uh, Troy on Sunday back at the Auburn Soccer Complex. So good luck to them as they get ready for that. Uh, and, yeah, it, it's going to be a great weekend. Falcons tonight, Braves tonight, Braves all weekend. Uh, one more weekend without college football on our TVs, which is great. Uh, and I know the NFL preseason rolls on uh, tonight, uh, last night, tonight night and tomorrow uh through the weekend so it's a it's a great sports weekend can't wait to talk about all of it and can't wait to uh, get to any and all of our callers absolutely so let's get to it today on this shortened edition of the show as mentioned want to talk a little recruiting here uh as auburn now has commitment dates for really their two biggest targets i believe uh still remaining are two most obvious targets that have yet to commit one is Kamari and Franklin, who I'm sure that many people have heard about and uh, we've talked a little bit about on this show. Franklin is, again, that oddity where he is ranked as high as 11th by Rivals, is uh, 27th by ESPN, 30th by 247, yet the on three has him at 223. Uh, he grades out as a top 40 player nationally, though, if you put those together, the industry ranking. Uh, so a big-time target, again, five-star and two of the four services. 
that commitment is tomorrow at noon. So you will not have to wait as late into the evening and late into the day as you did for Flory Bedunga and the basketball side of things last weekend. So noon commitment for Kamari and Franklin. Early this week, it felt like an Auburn versus Tennessee battle with Auburn leading. Give you the timeline on it. Middle of this week, Tennessee started the fade. Auburn continued to strengthen, and Auburn was in a great place and maybe an overwhelming lead. And now the winds are turning a little bit more, not towards Tennessee, though, but to Ole Miss, who uh, is in the home state of Kamari and Franklin, Lake Cormant, Mississippi, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, and so Franklin is now a two-team battle, it appears, between Auburn and Ole Miss, not Auburn and Tennessee. If you're going off the recruiting prediction machine that on three offers, Auburn's still in the lead with about a 57% probability of landing Kamari and Franklin Ole Miss with now a 36% probability after having a 2% probability earlier this week. Again, that's why we try not to break down and make two uh, brash of predictions when it comes to each individual's commitment because I just told you in the matter of five days uh, we went from Auburn versus Tennessee to Auburn having all the old uh, all the momentum to now Auburn versus Ole Miss with Ole Miss gaining ground on Auburn so a little bit of a uh, wait and see there there uh, as less than 24 hours till Franklin commits again Auburn has done. A really good job here in the last couple months, but again, particularly with the defensive side of the ball. And Kamari and Franklin would fit that bill. We also know of another commitment date now, and this is in the form of DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter is the big, literally big offensive lineman uh, from the state of California, 6'5", 335, and he has set a September 3rd commitment date. Uh, so that coming up now in a couple weeks. Again, he's the one out of Modern Day High School, uh, which is always a really productive high school. The ratings on him, he is 113th on Rivals, 42 on ESPN, 55 on 247, and yet a three-star on on three. So the second straight player that Auburn has a big target on that the other three services agree is one thing, but on three has him as low rated. He comes out to be the number 151 player on the industry ranking, and he is a heavy favorite, or Auburn is a heavy favorite uh, to land DeAndre Carter. Again, if you buy into the prediction machine, over 93%, this is uh, towards Auburn. This is an Auburn, USC, Texas, and Michigan State battle with Auburn being heavy favorites. So Brooks, two guys on each side of the line of scrimmage there that are big-time targets for the Tigers, rated very highly, would be absolutely like top guys in, in the last couple of classes that Auburn landed and commitment dates here in the next 14, 15, 16 days, which again could greatly influence where Auburn ranks, maybe even get them into the top 10 finally of those recruiting rankings. Yeah. And you know, one of those positions, the, the on the defensive line, Kamari and Franklin, that's, that's a position that Auburn's never really had problems recruiting at, even uh, on some of the down years, they've always been, uh, they've always been able to land some defensive line guys. Uh, and yeah, it looked like it was a, a battle between Auburn and Tennessee. Ole Miss has now crept in there. I know Miami was in the conversation for a little bit uh, and, and two, four, seven sports looking at their, his, his level it's uh warm interest level auburn miami tennessee and ole miss but like you said ole miss uh is starting to make a charge there if you uh believe all the the online chatter and uh no reason not to uh but he's got a you know you look at his list of of offers the rest of the way down it's it's a list of a lot of uh, blue blood programs that have that have uh wanting to get him but it's a position that auburn's never really had a, a bad uh, a hard time recruiting always uh, are able to land defensive guys always uh, seem to land some big defensive line commitments and so you know if you're looking at this it's you know it, you look at it I think Auburn's got a good shot at it uh, at landing him just from the history that of Auburn producing uh, big time defensive players to head head off to the NFL. On the other side of things, uh, DeAndre Carter is continues to be part of that uh, that turnaround that uh, Hugh Freeze talked about getting more guys for the offensive line. Uh, you know, he did a lot of work in the offseason getting guys here for this year in the transfer portal. Now you're starting to see this uh, him put in the work for the future classes coming in. And yeah, Auburn. You know, you you look at uh, I was looking at. 
at 247. Uh, everybody seems to have him at, at Auburn. Uh, like you said, USC is still in on the conversation. Michigan State still in the conversation. Texas still in the conversation for him. But it's uh, that would be a big one. That'd be a, a literally a big get for, for this Tigers team is uh, continue to uh, pick up the the pieces from a couple years of bad recruiting of Brian Harson and then a few years of questionable offensive line recruiting uh, under Gus Malzahn for for a while. I know that's what a lot of people have uh, have pointed to when when you look at the deficiencies on the Auburn offensive line. But you know Hugh Freeze just continues to put in the work there, and you know both of these guys. Auburn's right there. It, it, it feels like both these guys are Auburn's to lose um, right now, but Ole Miss obviously making a charge for Franklin on the on the defensive side. And, you know, I think that when you're looking at uh, what Auburn is still needing in this, uh, this, this 2024 class, now that they have got a big-time um, get on the offensive side of the ball with Perry Thompson, now that they have got a big-time get – with Demarcus Riddick on the defensive side of the ball, I think you're looking at it. And really, from Auburn's point of view, what they still need in this class to round it out. Because, look, I know that in the in the, in the sense of numbers, they need more numbers, yes. But you don't want numbers for the sake of numbers. You want quality players. I think that you're looking at it and think, well – They've got a couple four-star corners. They've got Riddick again, that the, the five-star linebacker, and 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 heck, they've got Joe Phillips as their probably third highest-rated recruit. He's also a linebacker. You got Walker White, who's a top ten or eleven quarterback. So you've got that. Really, what you need now is you do need a big-time offense alignment. That that is something that would fit a need. They've got a couple signed or not signed, I guess, but they've got a couple committed that are lower-rated. Uh, actually, I mean, for 24, they don't. I mean, 23, they had a lot of guys. Really, they need some offensive linemen for the 24 class. And then they could use uh, another running back, potentially. I know Jamari Burnett uh, is a, a four-star guy, so uh, top 20, top 25 running back. So that's probably fine. But really, offensive line is what you are needing. So that DeAndre Carter commitment, again, that's going to be September 3rd on a Sunday, that is going to be a really big one for Auburn. Again, not, not trying to use all the puns there because he's 340 pounds, but uh, they they do lack offensive line in 2024. Uh, and, and then defensive line, again, you could argue that would be the other one just because, well, you know, Riddick is a linebacker, Phillips is a linebacker, Jalen Crawford, Jalewis Solomon, Amon Lane, all defensive backs – Jaden Lewis, a defensive back, their highest-rated defensive lineman. So when they just got the other day in TJ Lindsay, who is three-star by three out of the four services, he's ranked very high in rivals. He's after being three-star in the other three rivals as the number one hundred eight player in the class. So he actually just barely skirts out to a, a four-star ranking in the industry at number three forty-three. But again, that's your highest-rated uh, defensive lineman. So these are positions at the lines of scrimmage where Auburn has been a little more barren in in 2024, really about the only place they have been. Uh, so this would be uh, two really nice gets for Auburn if they can get them. Again, the DeAndre Carter commitment not coming till September 3rd, but uh, Kamari and Franklin out of the state of Mississippi committing tomorrow, the high four-star, almost five-star defensive lineman uh, out of the state of Mississippi between Auburn, Ole Miss, and Tennessee, but probably Auburn and Ole Miss. We're going to find out his commitment tomorrow. We're going to take our first time out of the show today when we come back we'll go to the Auburn make phone line for the first time also get to birthdays and sports and a little bit later a preview of georgia football you're listening to the friday edition of sports call on tiger 95.9 Time out. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress with you here on this Friday afternoon. Again, reminder of a shortened show today. We'll be getting off air around 4.15 or 4.20 with the Atlanta Falcons' next preseason game coming up with airtime starting at 4.30. So let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-889-TIGER-9. First up on the show today, James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you this afternoon? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know that y'all are going to be covering uh, Georgia, which is Auburn's rival, but I think when Auburn actually plays Georgia, I think we played them in Athens, Georgia this year. No, it's in Auburn this year. Fifth game of the year. Oh, okay. So, um, what I'm actually going to be looking at this game is I might see um, I might see Robert Ashford played this game because I know this game would be a bounce back from uh, last year when we actually won in Jordan Hare Stadium with uh, prayer in Jordan Hare because I was actually there for that. I was actually in attendance at that game as well. And that game will stand to the test of time as well. And I think that I would like to see Auburn actually do the same thing that they done in 20 – I think that was like 2013 or 2014. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, 2013 was when that Auburn-Georgia game happened. And, uh, again, uh, yesterday, James, uh, Peyton Thorne was named the starting quarterback for Auburn. So unless he plays poorly or gets injured, something like that, uh, then he will be the starting quarterback for Auburn throughout the year, including the Georgia game. There could be a package for Robbie Ashford, uh, but Ashford will not uh, not be the starter. Okay, so that um, that's a really good uh, news for me as well because I think Peyton Thornton, if if he he already has a winning job, so he already checked that off his uh, checklist, the winning starting job. That's already a check. Um, injuries, um, I don't see anything in that department as well because he's a really good quarterback as well so um most people most other auburn fans they want to see an injury i really don't want to see that um in auburn's uh lineup as well before uh september 2nd so i just don't want to see uh any of our auburn players get injured as well because that uh limits the playing the playing time and that limits the winning uh, percentage for Auburn to actually make it to to advance to a national championship game this year as well. And with me talking about the national championship, uh, you know, off in the distance, I've been listening to the SEC Network and um, on the Paul Feinbaum show. They were always, you know, showing who's gonna who's actually gonna go to the uh national champ the SEC national championship game in Atlanta and a lot of people are just saying it will be Alabama. I mean, Alabama is a good school. They're a great school, but I mean, just like I said last couple of weeks, just give it to another school. I mean, give it to like a Florida or a Georgia or well, Georgia already played and won the national championship. Give it to a team that has never been to Atlanta. Like I would like to see Texas or Notre Dame or um Ohio State or Boise State, some some other team to actually play in Atlanta as well because it's every it's always the same teams every year and it and for the for the uh sports announcers to announce the two teams that are already playing in atlanta it, it sounds it, it's like it, it keeps sounding like a broken record over and over and over again i mean give like they should talk about another team like notre dame when has notre dame ever been to atlanta I mean, most people that are, you know, Notre Dame fans, they're saying that Notre Dame needs to win a national championship. Michigan, I've, I've seen Michigan try to go to Atlanta, but have they ever been in a national championship game? Could be. I mean, I would love to see a uh, North Carolina. You know, North Carolina uh, Tar Heels haven't been in a national championship game. I mean, these are the games that I would like to see play in Atlanta for this year as well. 
Yeah, you know, I uh, I love North Carolina, although it's uh, definitely been difficult for them to be uh, towards the top of the, the college football landscape. But no, as far as Notre Dame, Notre Dame used to be, and still is, I mean, they still are a great program. Yes, they've not won a title in the playoff era, but they, they won some titles uh, a long, long time ago. So uh, they still obviously have a, a lot of success in football and have been to numerous New Year's Six games, and they have been to the playoffs. They've just not won a national championship as of late. So uh, they, they have had a lot of success. Obviously, we'd love to see uh, some parity from time to time, but obviously Alabama and Georgia are not going to apologize for, for being dominant and winning a lot of titles. Yeah, because, I mean, I looked at, like, their – I looked at the Alabama's um, – title record when I was in Tuscaloosa for the Iron Bowl and I went to um, you know to the Walk of Champions on their campus and I'm looking at like the different years that Alabama has won and you know a lot of Alabama fans are saying oh we've won you know like they were just naming years and I I was talking with um, you know another I was talking with one of the Alabama players uh, Alabama fans and I was like when has Alabama ever won their first national championship game you not I was just being nice as an Auburn fan because that's why I am but I was just saying I was talking to another Alabama fan and I was just saying during the game when has Alabama ever won a national championship game what year was the first year that Alabama has ever won their first national championship game under you know under their first head coach and they were saying can you look it up I looked it up Alabama never won their first national championship game I don't know where these people in Tuscaloosa are getting their information from. Alabama, I looked at like they always I always see like their infomercials for Alabama and they're saying uh the University of Alabama where champions are born. Where does that come from? Where 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 does that stand in Alabama? How can a champion be born? How can you tell me that how can a champion be born in college football? Well, again, James, no, Alabama has definitely won national championships. Uh, again, they've won dating back. I, I think the first one that they claimed was in 1925. Uh, and, of course, they've won several national championships here in the playoff era and a couple in the BCS era. So they've, they've absolutely won uh, double-digit national championships um, and again, a lot of a lot of schools have slogans. Uh, you know, that's a part of trying to market their programs, market their school, and that sort of thing. So, I, of course, uh, fans of the of, of rivals are not always going to agree with it or love it. But again, that's just marketing, and and that's what various schools do uh, to try and, and get a higher enrollment, to bring students in, and, and bring interest in. Yeah, because I think with. Us as being Auburn fans, I think we should have like a good, like a good slogan for the University of Auburn as well. Um, we can actually say like, um, you know, the University of Auburn, where legends are made, because that's what we do. That that's what we um, pursue on as well. Because when um, when we had like so many. Um, transfers or so many people coming in to visit our university our beautiful uh university you're there you're you're going to look at the legendary people that were there like bo jackson uh, pat sullivan frank thomas uh dewana bonner you know and and the list goes on and on because we have so many legendary people that are legendary and you know once you as as uh, as a player or as a as a new fan you're 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 edged in in greatness and 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 that's going to stand to the test of time you know even for myself as an Auburn fan I've been an Auburn fan ever since um you know since uh Tuberville years as well and I'm still going to be an Auburn fan until the next head coach comes out comes after um Hugh Freeze as well so I'm just going to see uh what Hugh Freeze is actually going to do and I'm going to ride on this um on this train to see where it's going to go as well 
Yeah, and we uh, will start to find out where that's going to head uh, just a couple of weeks. as football season now 15 days away from Auburn. James, I know, uh, like I said on the phone a little bit earlier, got to be a little bit uh, shorter today. So can you go ahead and give us uh, some final thoughts before we let you go? Well, the only, the only final thought that I actually have is I would like to see my Dallas Cowboys actually make it to the Super Bowl this year. I, I know that's also right around the corner, too. Getting really excited for all the football to come back. And so we'll see if the Cowboys can end that drought and make it back to the Super Bowl. All right. Sounds good. And I'll talk to y'all guys on Monday. Sounds good, James. Have a great weekend. War Eagle. All right. War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We need to take our next time out. We'll start to get into that Georgia preview coming up in just a moment. Also, our Sports Call Player of the Week and Birthdays in Sports. Stay tuned. More Sports Call after this. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaBoy, Brooks Childers with you here on this Friday afternoon. Uh, another lovely and hot day on the plains. We had a plethora of severe thunderstorms the last couple weeks. That got a little old. Well, now the prize is, okay, fine, be dry and be increasingly hotter by the day. Saw some forecasts. Triple digits next week. Uh, no, no sign of that freeze warning right now. I know that's a pod used for football, but uh, yeah, no, it's going to be going to be hot ones. It felt good in the mornings the last couple mornings, and now yeah, we're going with right lower back humidity. Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, have fun, have fun. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Uh, uh, no more thunder chickens, though. It yep. looks like that next Tuesday would be dry, too, though. I mean, we could have just kept going and going with the dry weeks. And you know what's even worse about that hot weather coming back next week? It's the middle to late next week where it's really going to start peaking. That's when we're getting high school football started. Yes. So, so you get to go out there and, and roast in those first uh, quarter and a half when the sun's still up. Yeah. Shout out to Lee Scott winning their first game last night, though. Yeah. Also, we do have listeners in Chambers County, so sorry, Chambers Academy. Shout out to Chambers Academy. Yeah, they had a good showing. Uh, (laughs) uh, Again, yeah, no high school season, too. Uh, That was actually regular season, but a lot of jamborees tonight, I know, in the area. And then, again, we'll be proud to have both Beauregard High School and Smith Station High School football on our family of stations. Again, Beauregard High School appearing right here on Tiger 95.9 throughout the football season. Smith Station on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9. And the High School Coaches Show uh, coming up each and every Wednesday night with the new host of the High School Coaches Show, Brooks Childress. Hey! Uh, that's you. Yes, uh, it's me. And so uh, we're going to be doing it from the end zone yep, right just, down by the station. Just got confirmation of that today. So the end zone bar and grill stressed down uh, high, uh, Highway, uh, I don't know, what 29 is is yep. what we're on. Highway 29, uh, just about mile, two miles down from the station. Uh, got confirmation again today. Ran into him at lunch, actually. Uh, Walter Northcutt rejoining the program once again. So it'll be myself, Walter Northcutt. We'll get that fired up next Wednesday night at 6 o'clock right after sports call right here. And so looking forward to uh, getting out there and, and having another year of high school football going on. Absolutely. And then, of course, 
Uh, each and every week of high school football will culminate with the AHSAA Radio Network scoreboard show on FM Talk 93.9 at 10 o'clock to midnight. That will follow the Smith Station football broadcast. So another season of high school football is beginning next week on our family of radio stations. 334-887-3401 locally or toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 We go back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Ward Dam Steve. Retire Ward Dam Steve is with us. Steve, how are you this afternoon? Hey, we survived to Friday, guys. Yes, sir. It's a fun Friday. All in, all in one piece. Uh, so let's get to it because I know time is running short. Uh, it's, it's you, uh, Brooks, and who else? That's it. That's it. Just me and Brooks. That's it. The dynamic duo. Okay. All right. Uh, how about this quote from uh, Mr. Hugh Freeze today on uh, who was a uh, show he was on? Uh, uh, was it on? Was, oh, uh, Jocks, McElroy uh, and Kubel. Yep. Yeah. In the morning, you happen to hear what he said about Thorn? Did not. I read some of the quotes, but they're not uh, they're not sticking out right now. Help me with okay. them. Okay. This is a quote that stuck out for me. He said that Thorn was more proven than any transfer quarterback I've ever had before. Okay. Wow. Uh, so is he included, like, I guess, Chad Kelly? Was he a transfer? Yes, he was, I believe. Yeah, I, I think Bo Wallace? Bo Wallace was, too. One of them came out of a community college. I can't remember uh, where the other one was. Uh, but, yeah. Okay, he went on to say that he's going to run better than you give him credit for. Uh, I think people are going to be shocked. He does some things, uh, good things with his legs. He's not Robbie, but he's very similar to Chad. Okay. Uh, he runs a little better than Bo Wallace. He doesn't have the arm strength, but uh, he has a football IQ that Chad had. Uh, he has really sharp football IQ. So if he's that, uh, I mean, he's just laid it all thick, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, again, he's, uh, I guess he's taking a lot of uh, both uh, Bo Wallace and Chad Kelly there in, in the comparisons. And. Obviously, those were his two main quarterbacks at, at Ole Miss, and we've always thought about the Malik Willis side of things. While he was at Liberty, clearly Peyton Thorne would not be very similar to Malik Willis. Uh, so it, it, it makes sense in, in, in some ways to compare those guys. I think that some of that remains to be seen. I am interested that he mentioned that the mobility and said that he's going to surprise some people there because I've, I've rated Thorne as, as average to below average athleticism. So we'll see on that on that front. And then the final comment Sammy made that was really, really, uh, I guess, uh, uh, struck me. He said, there's this look the other guys have when he's in the huddle, he said. I can't explain it. That really was what I felt like. The timing is now. I hope he takes it and runs with it. Uh, what do you make of that? There's this look the other guys have when he's in the huddle. What is that look? Uh, I think maybe a, a look of leadership, a, a look of determination, and that's maybe not to say that the other guys don't, but when you've been a starting quarterback in the Power Five for two years, you know what a huddle's supposed to feel like. You know how you're supposed to lead a huddle in an offensive unit. So I think maybe that leadership quality of just doing it on a pretty high stage. I mean, again, Michigan State, the Big Ten, that's the second-best conference, and Michigan State had a really good year in 2021, won 11 games. So uh, I think that that probably comes from leading a, a big-time college huddle for two years. And, guys, I probably just don't recall. What, do you, what did you take was well, his reason, explanation for why he wanted to transfer uh, since he, he was there, what, two or three years? Yeah, he's at well, he's at Michigan State longer than two, but he started there. Uh, was the starting quarterback there for two years? I I don't recall off the top of my head. I felt like it was just a matter of he wanted to upgrade situations, just change of scenery. I I mean, I think for all the world he would have started there another year. I think he wanted to mix things up. I think that's why Michigan State was, was uh, people were upset about it because uh, it was a little bit un unplanned. And it was obviously pretty late in the process, and I think maybe he just wanted a change there. Okay. All right. Moving on real quickly, guys, sticking with the ball, our team. DeAndre Carter says he's going to make his announcement September 3rd, which is right after our UMass game, because it's a family reunion. Uh, it's between us, Texas, I believe, and is it Michigan State, I think? Yes. Yes. Um, guys, uh, you have any sense? Uh, please don't tell me it's a Cam Coleman kind of sense. 
Well, yeah, I mean, he is in a similar range in terms of confidence or, or perceived confidence that he would, would go to Auburn. We talked about a little bit about him to start the show, that commitment date, as you mentioned, coming up in a little over two weeks. And uh, the, being a, a big, literally a big offensive lineman, I, and I, so I think Auburn should be confident now. In two weeks, that's a long time, obviously, in the recruiting world because we've also talked about Kamari and Franklin and just the evolution of that in a week. Went from Auburn versus Tennessee to Auburn versus Ole Miss with Auburn leading but Ole Miss gaining some ground. So uh, things can change a lot. But right now, yeah, uh, Carter uh, Auburn's the clear front runner for DeAndre Carter. Okay. Speaking of clear front runner, I don't want to jinx anything. But I'm not superstitious by nature, but – Kamarian Franklin makes his announcement uh, tomorrow. Uh, what time is it, guys? Noon. Noon. Our time? I believe so, yes. Okay, will it be on YouTube or Instagram or where? Uh, I'll double check. I thought I saw R- Rivals might be hosting it, I, which might make it on YouTube. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, honestly. Okay, give me your sense, guys. Yeah, again, I, as I just alluded to, I, I a couple days ago, I think Auburn was pulling away, uh, and, and Tennessee certainly faded out of it. I think Ole Miss is now the biggest competitor, and there is some chatter uh, in favor of Ole Miss. So I think it's much closer to 60-40 Auburn than it was a couple days ago when Auburn had a, an overwhelming uh, lead there. So Ole Miss people are starting to feel a little bit better about it. He is from the state of Mississippi, so uh, I think it's between Auburn and Ole Miss. You say chatter. Can you can, can give us a little bit more, I guess, detail? What kind of chatter? Like Ole Miss's 247 site and um, uh, some what of their some of their reporters. Again, that they're feeling good about. They're they're feeling good that Ole Miss could, can get, still get Franklin. Based on what? What evidence? I, the inside sources. I mean, I I assume their sources. They're the people that they talk to. I mean, it's it's not going to just come out from from sitting and staring at a wall. Uh, so I mean, I think that from the people they've talked to. Now, people that that Auburn people talk to feel good too. I mean, both sides feel feel pretty good. Auburn's felt good for a, a, a while now, but it's just it's it's recency that that Ole Miss is feeling better. Same way that Auburn felt better about Benunga. Uh, last week in basketball, Auburn did not yeah, feel good about Bedunga for for a long period of time, and then all of a sudden, boom! For over a forty-eight hour span, uh, Auburn felt much better about Bedunga, and then it still didn't even go to Duke or Auburn. So, uh, again, chatter is just chatter. Uh, but I, again, I, I would say that Ole Miss has at least picked up some steam. I still think Auburn is a slight favorite, but I don't think that it's impossible for him to go to Ole Miss. Do you have any sense that he's already made a, a solid commitment to either team? Uh, probably not if the if the teams keep changing like this, um, which also begs the question: Why do you set a commitment date if you're not really committed? Uh, you know, I mean, again, I think some of it comes into wanting to do it before the high school season gets going, but still, it kind of plays off the fact that these kids sometimes are re- really truly not committed. Committed, excuse me. Um, so. I I would say that he's probably doesn't know a hundred percent, or at least he didn't earlier this week. Maybe he does now. Uh, I don't. Again, I don't know his people or the people that he's talking to. But um, again, he uh, it's less than twenty four hours away. So you would think under normal circumstances he would know by now. And Steve, I, I looked it up for you, and for anybody else that's interested out there in our listening sphere, if you go to YouTube and you look at Rivals Video, so the Rivals YouTube channel, they're going to stream it tomorrow. Okay, noon. Is that right now? Yes. Okay. All right. And Sunday morning, right and early, 5 o'clock our time, I believe, uh, Spain versus England. Yep. Women's World Cup final. Spain, I believe, what I read, has never been. This is the first time ever. Yeah, the, I mean, you know, you look at the history of the the Women's World Cup. Not a lot of different teams have been to that final. It, it's been very dominant. Uh, you've had runs of different uh, programs. So oh, I don't know uh, how good – I know England's been there before, but um, how good are these two teams or not? Who's the better team? Who do you uh, – who, who's Vegas uh, favoring? Uh, I, don't, I couldn't tell you who Vegas is favoring, but I, I would say right now that the, the favorite probably is England. They, they've been building their program uh, over the last few years. They, they're, uh, they're one of the more and you know one of the more storied women's programs out there. And so I would say that probably England's favored, but if you've got a hot team like Spain that's never been there before, they, they could pull the upset. Right, and they beat a pretty good Sweden team that beat us. Yep. 
All right, guys, that's all I've got. Um, I hope you guys have a relaxing and um, hopefully a safe weekend. Uh, enjoy yourselves. And we have a uh, scrimmage tomorrow, right? Another practice? Correct. Uh, what time is that one? Uh, or a morning. morning. Yeah. yeah, morning, because I know there's a, a, a Hugh Freeze presser around noon. Okay. All right, guys, that's all I got. I'll uh, let you guys uh, take care of more important phone calls uh, until Monday. Where you'll see. Appreciate that phone call. That is retired Ward AM Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line there. Again, uh, some more recruiting questions. Yeah, again, like I, I just, I'm not uh, going to know uh, and be able to make hard predictions on recruits. I just, I'm not a recruiting insider. Those guys talk to. Uh, the high school coaches, they talk to family. They know those families personally in some cases. Uh, and chatter is chatter. It's just chatter amongst people that talk to a guy, that talk to a girl, that knows a guy. And, and that's how it goes on, on all the, the message boards, yeah. uh, that sort of thing. I, I just know that I saw some Ole Miss 247 reporting. I think it was Brad Logan was one of the names I saw of 247 and of Ole Miss that was, was tweeting some of that stuff out. Uh, and so, again, uh, we've been wrong before we'll be wrong again these recruiting experts that do these crystal balls are still at about 80 percent which take that to mean that hey more times than not they're right but just like a free throw they're gonna have a bad game they're gonna miss some and so i still think auburn's favored there but when you hear of a team coming on hot with 24 hours to go i mean that that's you can't ignore it and Look, it ended up being wrong in terms of Auburn basketball against Auburn last week. Maybe it'll be wrong for Auburn this week. Now, Ole Miss is not going to close the gap there. But, again, that, that that's why I'm never going to be able to make uh, hard predictions. And even those recruiting experts, clearly, the recruiting experts, I just said 80%, 75%. They're not right 100% of the time, too, because kids change their minds. Parents get different offers. Just be clear. There's offers come in and and things change on a moment's notice. So that's also the ever changing dynamic of it. It's incredible the amount of legwork that recruiting uh, f- reporters do. I mean, you, you look go to go around, uh, just ride by the the Auburn football facility on a visit weekend that you know there's some big recruits in town. There is just that you've got the beat writers out there waiting for the kids to come out and chat with them, chats with the parents. You go to you know you see Jason Caldwell is a guy that is is out at high school football every single Friday night during the season. He was out at a, at a game, at a Jamboree game last night uh, checking out some Auburn recruits. There's it, The amount of legwork that goes into being a, a recruiting reporter is just insane, and they do uh, they do great work. Time for one more phone call here before the end of the hour. 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up on the show, Jeff from Columbus. Jeff is with us. Jeff, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing great, guys. I know you just got a second, so I'll, I'll keep it brief. I know it's a fun Friday, but did I just hear Steve say that the women's soccer final is this weekend? Yes. 5 a.m. on Sunday. Okay. So it'll, it will be the final, right? Yes. Okay. And how often do they have this tournament? Every four years. It's the World Cup. Okay. So... Monday, after this game, it'll be four more years before I get an update from Steve on women's soccer, right? (laughs) That is correct. Okay, because I don't think it's just me that just doesn't give a whole lot about it, okay? But, hey, more power to him. If he's going to get up at 5 o'clock, I wouldn't get up at 5 o'clock to go fishing or hunting. I'm dang sure I'm not getting up at 5 o'clock to watch some women's soccer. Okay. You know, I hope to be snoring around that hour. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, but more power to you, Steve. I'll be glad when it's over. Hey, you all have a great weekend. I'm I'm curious to hear you talk about Georgia. And, uh, man, I'm glad the season's almost here. So, you all have a great weekend. Talk to you later. You too, Jeff. Appreciate that phone call. That is Jeff from Columbus joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. And that is how the first hour of the show will conclude. As Jeff mentioned, in hour number two, we'll only have about 20 minutes, but we will preview the Georgia Bulldogs. Also try to throw in Sports Call's Player of the Week and wrap things up with a nightly TV guide. Stay tuned. One more long segment of Sports Call coming up after this timeout.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Last segment of Sports Call for this Friday afternoon on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan Lavoy and Brooks Childers with you this afternoon. Again, reminder, Atlanta Falcons coming up 4.30 is the pregame time for that right here on Tiger 95.9. So we're going to get off there here in about 15 or so minutes. We do want to, before we get to the preview of Georgia football, want to real quickly reveal this week's Sports Call Player of the Week. Auburn women's golfer Megan Scofield is Sports Call's Player of the Week. The fifth-year Tiger won the U.S. Women's Amateur, edging out LSU's Latana Stone on the final day and becoming the first Auburn player ever to win the tournament. It's definitely a dream come true, but I'd be lying if I say I wasn't still in shock, Scofield said after the victory. I feel like it still hasn't set in yet. With the win, Scofield has qualified for the 2024 Women's Open as well as several majors on the LPGA Tour. Megan Scofield is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Megan Schofield is this week's Sports Call Player of the Week. As you heard, won the U.S. Women's Amateur. That is such a big deal. Uh, the best of the best win the U.S. Women's and Men's Amateur when they're young. And usually that does embar- uh, lead you to embark into a really successful professional career. Megan, a part of this Auburn golf team now for a few years. Uh, big time, big time week for her last week. And I know the U.S. Men's Amateur is going on right now and some Auburn Tigers advancing through that. So Auburn really blessed with some great talented golfers oh yeah the the, the golf uh and on the plains has really uh really been peaking here the last few years i know you know the the women made the the final four a couple years ago or maybe a national championship round um they played at the east lake cup uh just a few couple years ago and you know uh megan has been been part of that team for a couple years now she's a graduate student now with the tigers and it was a big big uh big accomplishment to go out there and win the u.s women's amateur uh on the men's side of things uh jm butler who is on, currently on the men's team won had to go to a, a playoff hole this morning from his round yesterday won that and i believe i saw earlier he punched his way into the the semifinals of the u.s amateur uh just a little bit ago so he's into the weekend about to uh you know, get a chance to play for uh, the u.s amateur so we could have an auburn sweep of the the u.s amateurs uh over the like next or these past two weeks and so it's a it's really fun time if you're buying stuff and Auburn golf right now, both men's and women's. I would do it quick, and and you know, uh, it's it's predetermined. But Auburn men's golf hosted the NCAA tournament this past year. I, I believe I looked it up. The women's NCAA tournament is going to be hosted here uh, this coming year. Two of the regional rounds. So big big time to be part of Auburn uh, golf programs. Also means you're taking care of a really great golf course too yep. in the Auburn area. Uh, but congratulations to Megan Schofield for uh, being the U.S. Women Amateur Champion and, of course, our Sports Call Player of the Week for this past week. also want to tell you real quick, an abbreviated version of the birthdays in sports. Uh, today, a good list of Dontari Poe, who turns 33, Dan Orvalosky, who turns 40. Of course, you can catch him on ESPN. Luke Fickle, the now head coach of Wisconsin, who turns 50 after leaving Cincinnati, leading that program solidly for several years. And former Auburn Tiger Chuma Okiki, turns 25 today who uh, is still playing for the Orlando Magic in need of a breakout year this year uh, had a big sophomore year with Auburn of course 12.7 rebounds on that team uh, that ended up going to the final four of course he got injured during that NCAA tournament but uh, very successful part of that Auburn basketball team and taken 16th overall by the Magic where again he still is today uh, so again the birthdays today Chumo Kiki who's 25 Luke Fickle 50 Dan Orlowski 40 and Dontari Poe 
is 33. All right, so we got about 10 or so minutes to talk about the Georgia Bulldogs and having to rush through everything today on the show. I don't think we need that much. Well, they're going to be good. We could leave it at that. <laughs> uh, we could leave it at they're going to be favored in, in every game. Uh, but, again, we're going to do a little bit more than that. Georgia trying to make history this year, clearly, again. Uh, we talked about the AP poll side of it, that being number one actually has not led to many national championships the last 19 to 20 years. Uh, and, of course, the three-peat has not happened since Minnesota a long, long time ago. So Georgia is fighting some history here. Now, of course, they're still going to be really good. A lot of returning defensive players from a team that only allowed 14 points a game last year, a team that is responsible for the single biggest beatdown I have ever seen for a national championship. Period. End of story. I I was watching at a local establishment uh, for the first half with some buddies. We then decided to go to a house and play cornhole for the <laughs> second half. Uh, we, we did not finish that game, uh, I must say. Uh, so, again, they absolutely destroyed TCU last year. Coming into this year, Brooks, asking about the quarterback – asking questions about offensive coordinator Mike Bobo and that sort of thing. But you know with Kirby Smart, you know Georgia has the talent, you know they have the defense, and also we've talked about the schedule aspect of it falling favorably this year as well. Yeah, I was really upset when you know you mentioned going to a you – know, leaving where the local establishment you were watching to go play cornhole. I was upset because uh, we had bought tickets for Jay Leno was coming to Auburn. Uh-huh. Didn't realize, didn't even put two and two together when the dates came out that it was the national championship night. And I after we figured that out and then watched TCU's run last year, I was like, oh, man. And this could be, you know, this could be kind of fun. I still think Georgia's going to win it, but this could be, you know, a little, a little fun national championship game. Ended up going to Jay Leno, came out, checked my phone as soon as I got out, and said, "Well, I am not not." There's sad. always next year. I'm not yeah. sad. I didn't miss it. Uh, yeah, that was uh, they. They came out and they proved that they were the number one team in the country after uh, almost getting beat by Ohio State in that uh, semifinal game. That was the better game. Yes, that should have been the national. That was championship. for the title. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you look at Georgia this year. Um, their schedule is the the big thing that I think a lot of people wanted to talk about. First off, uh, there was going to be a, a a good non conference game, but because of their non-conference opponent being Oklahoma joining the conference next year. They had to scrap that. And I'll tell you what, you know, you, you I've heard, you know, a lot of people complaining about their schedule, how easy it is. The the thing about it is all the SEC East teams that are complaining about, oh, Georgia's schedule, you're on their schedule. So like, you're, you're kind of underselling yourselves a little bit. But, you know, it, it – it real. I, I think you know. You look at how Oklahoma finished last year. I don't think it would have mattered. Uh, I think Oklahoma would have beat or would Georgia would have beaten Oklahoma. Don't let me uh, mess that up. I think Georgia would have beaten Oklahoma going into this year. But yeah, the big the the biggest question I think uh, from a lineup perspective is that quarterback position. Um, you know, you, you think it could be Carson Beck. I know Brock Vandegrift has been a guy that's been talked about a little bit. Gunnar Stockton's also a guy that that has been in the conversation a little bit. Um, Georgia's one of those programs though where you don't have to have a superstar quarterback. Uh, you have to have a, a good quarterback. I'm not going to say that you could just trot out me out there and you can win football <laughs> games. Um, I'm not going to be able to hit Brock Bowers. I don't care how tall he is. Uh, I, I just don't have the arm strength. But any, you know, you can trot out there a pretty good quarterback, and they're going to win you football games because Georgia's offense is 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 not you know uh, centered around what the quarterback does. You always have good running backs, and you know you look at that stable right. Right now, uh, you've got Kendall Milton. He, he's uh, he, he saw some playing time last year. Um, you've got. Uh I hope I get these pronunciations correct. Dejon Edwards. Yeah, Dejon. Thank you. Dejon Edwards, um, Branson Robinson. Those are two guys that you've heard a little bit about uh, coming out of camp. They're, they're guys that can carry the ball. Uh, and and that's where the Georgia offense lies is is, their, is the passes to some of their tight ends and their, their running backs. And so you had a good running back stable there. You'll look at the, the skill positions out wide. you still got Ladd McConkey there, who was just a superstar last year. You've still got Brock Bowers who is still taller than everyone on that field. And so he can reach one hand up and grab it. Uh, the only other question on that offensive line is you're, you're going to be having two new tackles on that offensive line, it, it looks like. Your interior offensive line is going to be fine. You bring back your center, both of your guards. But the, the two tackles on the outside is what uh, is, is going to be the, the question mark there. But you've we've seen Georgia's offensive linemen. They're, they're huge. As much like, mainly like Alabama's offensive linemen. They're, they're huge. Um, 
and you you know when if you're Georgia again you win football games by running the ball getting it to your playmakers and in like guys like McConkey and Bowers and then playing really good defense and Georgia has been playing really good defense these past few years. You're bringing back seven starters this year from last year. It, se- it, it seems like Georgia has gotten to the point where Alabama was, where it's like, oh, we're losing half of our starters on defense, but guess what? There's ha- or the other half that's replacing them, five stars. They're just restocking. It, it doesn't feel like it, you're losing. You lose so many guys to the draft because it was you know last year they lost so many guys off that first national championship team that everyone's like, oh, what's their is their defense going to take a step back? They didn't. They they really didn't. <laughs> um, and so I, I think that you, you know this the schedule the way the schedule sets up um, their biggest games are at the very end of the year. You got that Auburn game early, which is going to be you know it could be a test in Jordan Hare Stadium because it's on the road. Um, and then you you've got Florida after the bye week. You've got your your three biggest games: Florida, uh, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. And only one of those is on the road. The other one is that neutral site game in Jacksonville. That it's half the stadium is. is your uh, is Georgia, so you, it's not. It doesn't feel like a road game, um, but you get you get Ole Miss at home, which is probably your your second toughest game besides Tennessee going on the road. And if you just play like you did last year, you, you've got a real good shot to win it. I mean, Tennessee was probably the best Tennessee team we've seen since they they won that national championship game back in the nineties, early two thousands, when whenever it was. Um, it was one of the best teams, and they didn't look good. I, I know the score. You know, I, listen, I could tell you the score. I was in the stadium. I, I was there, and the final score twenty seven to thirteen. It wasn't that close. I think everybody watched that game. It wasn't that close. Uh, the the Tennessee was. Just just flustered from the start. Georgia was out there, and they, they dominated the whole game. Um, I would not be shocked uh, if we see Georgia. I'm not even going to go – I'm not even going to say I wouldn't be shocked to see them in the playoff because I think that they their expectation is the playoff. I would not be shocked to see them uh, sitting as, as an undefeated team in the national title game. Um, their biggest thing is going to be if they when they get to that SEC championship game, if they've got to play Alabama – Nick Saban's uh, gotten pushed around just a little bit by by uh, uh, Kirby Smart these last few times they've played him. He's not gonna he's not gonna like that this next time. And so the that's gonna be the big. I think that's gonna be ultimately your biggest test of the year is if you make it to Atlanta, which you should with this schedule and. You face uh, a Nick Saban coach team that they're they've been you know they've gotten been gotten the best of the last couple times you played Alabama um, or they they've played Georgia and so you know it, it's that that's going to be your toughest test but there there's not a lot of there's not a lot of bumps in the road on this schedule for Georgia this year. No, I mean look, I think that uh, look, I think their over under was eleven and a half when we were doing over unders earlier this summer. Uh, and I like to hedge my bets when I talk about Georgia and say they're going undefeated, but they won't win the title. Um, and why I think they're going undefeated is I think they're still going to be an excellent football team. Uh, I just think they've only got two to three lose. I mean, fathomably losable, like 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 ten percent losable games. So I think odds are they're undefeated. Now history still says though, with what they're trying to accomplish, it's incredibly hard to do, and it's not been done. Uh, because, again, the 17 out of 19 AP number ones to not win the title, and then Minnesota in the 1900s or whatever to win, be the last thing to win three times, it's hard. And it doesn't mean even – I'll go as far as say it doesn't mean Georgia doesn't end up being the best team in the country this year. It just is incredibly hard to do this time and time again. Now, I will say this. If Carson Beck is good, let's say he is the starter, if he is good – then they probably will win the title again uh, unless something catastrophic happens because I don't see why Georgia's defense is still not going to be excellent. They returned some of their leading tacklers off that team. I know that Carter and Ringo were big deals, and they were, uh, and they're going to be really good pro players. Get it. But they still have seven of the 11 returning back, uh, and some of these guys will be big deals, and they'll make the first or second round of the NFL draft. And as you said, the talented guys behind these guys. So their defense can be great. Is it first, second, or third, or fourth at the end of the year? I don't know. I don't know if it'll be one, two, three, or four. But it's going to be in the top five. And then offensively, again, they were churning out 38.5 points a game two years ago, 41 
last year. Their style is very early Saban-esque, where they are still not as spread out. They are more pro-style. They are running more. They've got a plethora of running backs. They're not doing it necessarily as individually as, as Bama did when they had Heisman Trophy candidates uh, for five or six years there at running back. But they've got a more by-committee approach. I think they'll lean a little bit more Milton this year than they did last year, where they were kind of going between three different backs. I think Milton might get more of a nod this year. Uh, but Again, it, it, like if Beck's fine, doesn't disqualify Georgia from anything. Uh, Stetson Bennett was just fine two years ago, and then I thought he became legitimately good last year. Not Heisman good, which is where they where they put him in the New York for the Heisman finals, but I thought he got to a, a, a truly good point last year. Um, and, and so that's the bar you're trying to set. If you can just to be good, you don't have to be awesome, just be good. Georgia's gonna be. They're not losing the regular season. Um, the only lose. The only losable. The, again, the three games I've, I've even fathomably mentioning mentioning uh, is that I, I will say I will say three and a half. I'll say uh, or I'll say yeah. I'll say three, but give a half to South Carolina and Auburn just because of where it is with Auburn. I do not think Auburn's beating Georgia. If you said one out of every forty times, could they do it? Yes. But one out of every four, no, I don't think so, not to that degree. And same thing with South Carolina. South Carolina's in, in williams Bryce. okay, maybe I think something of that game. Uh, but Georgia beat them 48-7 last year in, in williams Bryce. So really, I, I don't even know if I should be giving South Carolina credit with an 8% chance of winning this game. And uh, then the other two, the two real ones, they're back-to-back. They're Ole Miss and at Tennessee. And I told you earlier this week when we were previewing Tennessee, my bold prediction, my hot take was if Tennessee – could get to that game with one loss or fewer, I think Tennessee can win that game. I think Tennessee would win that game because that would tell me Joe Milton went through the Bama fire. He went through A&M. He went through South Carolina and Florida and all that already. Came out with only one loss. He must be pretty good. I'm operating under the assumption that Milton is really good. If Milton is really good and they go to Tennessee at the end of the year with the game meaning everything – well, Tennessee finally won one of those games last year against Alabama. They didn't beat Georgia, and they looked rather bad against Georgia. Georgia was awesome in that game, especially defensively. But I think that in Knoxville, meaning so much, if Milton has – if again, if they're 9-1, and one, there's a certain level that Milton has already proven he is, in fact, good. He's not a bust. He's not far short of hooker. And so if he is legitimately good, I, I smell that being the, oh, wow – Georgia actually lost game because uh, th- there's always one of them uh, it, with with most of these teams. Georgia did go undefeated last year, but we talked about with Bama and all their titles, only two undefeated teams. Uh, that means more titles than not. They did actually lose at some point. And so it's very hard to pinpoint and go on a limb for that one singular game. Again, if Tennessee comes in with anything more than one loss, I'm not picking that. I'll still take Georgia on the road. But that is the circle game because even Ole Miss – Oh, that's a home game for Georgia. I just, I just don't think that that Lane Kiffin, after not figuring out Alabama the last three years, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden figure out Kirby Smart. It's the same thing. In fact, right now it's the same thing, but a slightly better version of that same thing because of Georgia's perfected it the last two years. Uh, for the totality of time, obviously you're still taking Alabama's program for the last thirteen years, but the last two years Georgia beat them in the title game two years ago, and Georgia was incredibly dominant last year that ohio state game was really close but the lsu they scored 50 on in the title game and then their other two biggest games and eh, three biggest games take the three biggest games oregon 49 to 3 tennessee had single digits with an offense that averaged 40 points a game they had single digits until late in the fourth quarter and then they beat tcu 65 to 7 those tcu and oregon games you take those two out of sec games georgia combined to win those games by over 100 points so there is a wide chasm there. Uh, so, again, I don't know who it's to. I still feel like Georgia will not win the title this year. But I'll admit, the reason just being simply history says they won't is not a, a, a rock-solid reason. It's just, it's just something to go off of. So, again, I think Georgia will be fine the regular season. That one test there at Tennessee – uh, Georgia Tech has the opportunity to lose to Georgia again for like the 32nd straight year, or I, I think it's like seven or eight, whatever it might be, um, and uh, right after that. So, look, that stretch is Mississippi and Tennessee. Those those are the two right there with Florida still being down. Uh, but even still there, I think that uh, Georgia is going to be pretty handily the favorite there. 
Uh, and again, if Beck's okay, jeopardizing for Tennessee, should still be 11 and 1. If Beck's really good or great, they're going back to the playoff. They're probably, I mean, they're definitely winning the East. Uh, and then we'll see what happens between either Bama or LSU in the SEC title game. I will say they do only have one win against Alabama. So, look, if you're trying to get at least one of those two teams out of the playoff this year, you might root for Georgia to just come in with one loss and then have Bama win that game uh, to give Georgia a second loss. But, again, you're, you'd be rooting you'd be rooting for the, uh, the, the undefeated team there, rooting against the one-loss team uh, if you were to have that scenario again. But both those teams are certainly going to be in it uh, for the long haul. We are out of time uh, for the show today. Already have uh, eclipsed where I said we were going to go. Brooks, real quickly, a nightly TV guy presented by White Claw Hard, Hard Seltzer. Yeah, your one movie pick for the evening. We're going to give it to you a little bit earlier. Family movie pick for the evening, 5 o'clock on Disney Channel. It's The Lion King, so uh, check that out. you got high school football on tonight on ESPN2, some Georgia high school football, uh, Arkham Menard series at 5 o'clock, U.S. Men's Amateur at 5. you got a bunch of Little League World Series action tonight. And of course, your Atlanta Braves back in action tonight over on our sister station, AM 1230 WAED, and also on Valley Sports Southeast 620 as they host the San Francisco Giants and the Atlanta Falcons right here on Tiger 95.9. The kickoff is at 6.30. You can watch that on NFL+. And that is our Atlanta TV Guide brought to you by our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Thank you very much for that, Brooks, and thank you for being here throughout uh, the week. I uh, appreciate everything you've done for us on the show and off the show this week. Hope you have a great weekend, sir, and we'll see you again next week. We'll see you then. And again, that will do it for the show today. Again, Atlanta Falcons pre uh, preseason coming up right here in just five minutes or so at 4.30 as they take on their second preseason game uh, this fall. That'll do it for the show today. Again, and we appreciate all those that tuned in and called in. For Brooks Childress, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday.